the zone. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I was just uh, taking a look at our talk text line. Not much in the way of precipitation reports so far this morning, but you're welcome to chime in. That number, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. We do have a 70% chance of rain in the forecast this morning. Uh, Temperatures today, no better than 65. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 81. Thursday, partly sunny and 79. Friday, partly sunny and 80 degrees. Another sliver of a chance of rain in the forecast for Saturday. We'll get details from Stumacher Ag Meteorologist in just a little bit. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing, also stepping in on a Tuesday. I imagine that the dry weather is something that's consistent across our latest crop progress report. We'll get to that as well. And a day of service helped to kick off the 94th Annual Wisconsin State FFA Convention that officially convened today in Madison. Our own Nate Zimdars was along with the students providing that day of service. We'll get an update. Is there a farm memory in your life? Maybe you helped an uncle bale hay or bottle-fed calves in the spring. Those are cherished memories, and now you'd like your children and grandchildren to see the wonders of farm life. Today, there are hundreds of Wisconsin farmers eager to welcome you to their farms for great food, exciting activities, and relaxation. Finding a farm is simple. Google Wisconsin Agricultural Tourism Association. Again, Wisconsin Agricultural Tourism Association. Their website makes it easy to find a farm by location, type of farm, or name. Enjoy a day on a Wisconsin farm soon. Although often thought of as a fruit, rhubarb is in fact a vegetable. Fresh rhubarb is available in Wisconsin from May through late June, and thanks to the fluctuating spring weather we've had, some growers are a little behind. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Kathy Burrs, owner of Burrs Berry Patch in Barneveld, says they are a week behind compared to where they were last year. She provides some insight into what it takes to grow rhubarb and shares some of her favorite recipes to incorporate it. So rhubarb is a plant that's great for eating, just the stems, but um, you generally purchase crown pieces. So they're kind of like a piece of root that you'll want to find a sunny, well-drained soil location for. Sometimes if you're able to, if you're planning ahead, you can prepare the site in the fall by getting rid of any perennial weeds that are in the area. We use horse manure, so we work that into the ground to give it a good balance of organic matter in the soil. And then you take these crown pieces, they're called, and you want to set them out about three feet apart or so because the rhubarb plant can grow up to about four feet in height and about three to four feet in width. So you want to give them plenty of space in that regard. You take the crown pieces and then you want to plant them in the ground about two inches below the soil surface so that you can cover them up then and they'll reach up and find the sun. There's not a ton of varieties out there, but there are a couple handfuls of them out there. We haven't had a ton of success with ordering crowns from companies, unfortunately. We've had our best success from splitting plants that are already well-established. They even say it's it's almost required that you split your plants every five or six years because otherwise your plant can suffer from crown rot and just the crown getting too crowded in one area. 
So we really do find our best success from finding somebody with plants that grow really well and harvesting their crowns and splitting them so that we can establish more plants ourselves. So speaking of that then, how is the current rhubarb season going for you guys and has the weather impacted it at all? The season's going really well for us. It started slow as everything did this year. You know, it felt like we were in this perpetual spring, winter, you know, not quite really going to hit the sunny, warm days. So it was a slow start to the season. But now that we've kept our nights in the low 50s or so, things are growing. You know, we've had 70s during the day. So we're we're really in peak rhubarb season right now and things are going well. When did you first start harvesting it and how does that compare to past years? We did not start first harvesting it until about two weeks ago. I want to say like around the 15th or so we started harvesting and that's probably a week behind past years, I'd say. Most of our markets start that first week in May. And for us, we didn't have any fresh produce that first week in May because we were cold. So then how is the demand for it going? Are you guys selling super fast or take me through kind of your customer base? Well, rhubarb is a plant that we do sell a lot of at market. Um, but oftentimes people have neighbors who have it. And if a neighbor has it, they have it. So it just, it kind of depends on the area and whether or not people have their own gardens in the area. You know, it just, it it really varies from one market to the next, whether or not it sells really well, or if, um, like I said, if there's a lot of gardeners in the area, it doesn't sell as well. So we mentioned weather, but weather affects the insects or weed control. So has there been any concerns with that throughout the growing season or what do people growing rhubarb maybe need to be aware of? There's not a lot of pests that you have to worry about for rhubarb. They say slugs is one. A lot of times what we do, which is kind of an insect and um, weed control measure, is we put straw mulch down on our bed of rhubarb and that keeps our weeds down. Plus it keeps a barrier between the soil and the plant itself to prevent insects from crawling up and residing on the plant matter itself. So when it's growing, how do you know when it should be harvested? And is there a proper way to actually go out there and pick it? Yes, definitely. So the best time to harvest your rhubarb is you want to wait until the stems are about 8 to 15 inches long. So you want to wait until your plant gets tall enough to give you a decent sized stalk. And then to harvest it, you don't even need a nippers or anything like that. You just put your hand way down at the base of the stem and you just kind of twist and pull at the same time. And the stalk just kind of lets go from the plant. So when you're at a market or buying it from somebody, what should you look for to make sure you're buying good rhubarb? How do you know what is best to be cooking with? So it doesn't really matter if it's red or green. Red does not really indicate whether or not it's going to be sweeter or not. I would say stay away from stocks that are, you know, two feet long, really, really fat. Those ones are going to be tougher. They're not going to boil down as well. And they might be a little bit more bitter than a smaller stock. Another thing you want to look for is freshness. So you want to make sure it looks nice and bright and crisp. Um, If it's limp, that's not good. It's been out of a cooler too long or it was picked too long ago. Um, So those are the things I would look for. And then do you have to utilize it or eat it right away or how do you store it? 
No, you can keep it, I would keep it wrapped in a bag, and then you can keep it in your fridge for one to two weeks easily. You can freeze it. So I will take it oftentimes and slice it into my slices that I'll use in desserts, and I'll freeze it in the quantity that my dessert calls for. So a lot of recipes will call for two cups, so I'll freeze it in two-cup quantities and put it in the freezer that way. I don't put any sugar with it. I just freeze it sliced and in a Ziploc bag. So how is rhubarb generally used and what is your favorite recipe to incorporate it? So it's most often, if not always, used as some form of dessert, right? It's it's a pretty tart thing, so you've got to add some sugar to it. There's lots of different ways people use it. Some people just use it, make a rhubarb sauce and put it on ice cream or on brownies. We at Burrsberry Patch, our family loves Flo's Rhubarb Bar Dessert. They're like a shortbread crust with rhubarb and powdered jello, not like made jello, but powdered jello with a sugar crumb topping. And those are Ed's mom's recipe. And we've made those for years and several times throughout the season, we'll make those for our family. Otherwise, I also do a rhubarb almond coffee cake that is really loved around here, as well as a rhubarb custard pie. So there's lots of options. So the leaves are toxic to consume. So what do you do with those? Do you just throw them away or are there other uses for them? Right. The leaves are toxic. You never want to eat a rhubarb leaf. It'll give you really bad stomach aches. Um, also, if you're harvesting your rhubarb, you want to avoid harvesting right after a frost. So if it freezes the night before, I would wait until late, late in the day before you go and harvest because that toxin in the leaves will travel down to the stem on cold, cold nights. So you want to avoid doing that. For the weeds, the leaves themselves, after we harvest the stalk, we'll cut the leaf off. And we actually just lay it right back down in the bed of rhubarb because it is a great weed suppressor as well because it's a big, giant fan leaf and it prevents weeds from seeing the sun. So we'll just lay them down right there in the bed. If somebody has rhubarb growing and it's possibly dying, you know, it's struggling right now, what tips do you have for them to bring it back to life? Don't harvest it. Let it rejuvenate. They say, um, you know, if you're planting rhubarb, you shouldn't harvest it for at least two years. Let it establish. Let it get get itself strong and healthy and its roots growing well. You can fertilize it first thing in the spring before it really gets growing, and then you can fertilize it again when you're done harvesting it for the season. So we generally harvest our rhubarb up through strawberry season, which is really kind of pushing it. It's almost July 4th. It's It really wants to go to seed and flower. But we like to you know, offer that as a product to our customers. So you want to be sure to fertilize you know, once you're done harvesting. And just make sure it's got the water it needs. You know, Pay attention to what kind of rainfall you're getting. And if you're not getting rainfall, add some water to it. If you're getting too much rainfall, maybe try to add some organic matter or some straw mulch to it to help kind of give it some air and some dryness, something else to soak up the moisture. It's a great product to have. You can, like I said, you can always freeze it and then you can make things later with it. That's what I love about it. I mean, one of our favorite desserts to make during strawberry season is a strawberry rhubarb crumb top pie. So if I have rhubarb in the freezer, or if I can still go out and harvest a little bit of rhubarb, that's 
definitely a go-to for us during strawberry season. That was Kathy Burrs, owner of Burrsberry Patch in Barneveld. You can find the recipe she mentioned for Flo's Rhubarb Bar Dessert in the article on our website at MidwestFarmReport.com. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh? That needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty. Well, we got the latest crop ratings report out yesterday, not just for Wisconsin, but for the major corn and soybean producing states. Talking about that, I'm sure, with John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, a little bit later this morning. Time for our egg weather update on a Tuesday. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live this morning. And, you know, like I said, I'm watching it on radar. I was watching it on radar yesterday. That's about the only entertainment I've had lately because looking at rain gauges we're not getting enough rain in most areas to even move the needle no not really there's some very light rain that's been falling here and there you know mistiness and sprinkles and that's about all the radar shows that this morning as well from La Crosse down into southwest Wisconsin just south and west of the Madison proper in the southeast parts of Dane County and down into Greene County and there's some scattered light rain further up into northern Wisconsin that could be a moderate shower near Wisconsin Rapids right now but that's about all there is just nothing that's really organized and all that great what's happened is low pressure has tried to move in had to back into the area from the northeast and that low is trying to move on into the northern great lakes in the circulation around it that chance of rain will be out for 
great many of us here as we make our way through the day, uh, especially as we head on toward midday or afternoon, there could be a little more shower activity, maybe a scattered thunderstorm. Uh, all indications are we still could be talking rain amounts up to a quarter or possibly even a half an inch. I think we need to see more development for that, but that's a possibility that does exist yet today or this evening. We kind of dry it out. A weak cool front drops in from the north, may account for another chance of some rain as we make our way on a little later Wednesday, Wednesday night into the day Thursday. Again, not a great deal of precipitation, but one thing that does stick with us is those temperatures remain a little cooler than we've seen them lately, and for the most part, a little cooler than normal. Although western Wisconsin, I'm not even talking Boston, I'm looking right across, things could be a lot warmer, more likely staying up close to 80 or above here in the next several days, where the rest of us will be a lot cooler the further you head to the east. I'll have those forecast details right after this. Cameron Olson of Olson Solar Energy. Farmers understand the value of the sun. It's finally time to put solar to work on your farm. Through the Rural Energy for America grant program from the USDA, agricultural businesses can realize amazing savings from solar even sooner. Learn all about the current REAP grant from Olson Solar Energy. Stop into one of their three locations, call them at 608-780-2347, or visit olsonsolarenergy.com today. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Did you know that beef and pork can be imported to the U.S. and then sold as a product of the USA? Consumers have no way to know where the meat they purchase comes from. American family farmers and ranchers produce a quality product. They should be able to label their product as truly made in the USA. Consumers deserve accurate labels, and these labels should be mandatory. Learn more at fairnessforfarmers.org. Paid for by National Farmers Union. All righty, Stu, let's have some weather details. All right, well, let's talk about the fact that there is some rain out there, and there could very well be some scattered showers developing through the day, spreading in from northwest to southeast, more cloudy skies in store. A lot of us hold in the lower 60s, whereas lacrosse, you may find your way back up close to 80 today yet. And winds are going to be from the northwest around 10 to 20, even gusting to 25. Some chance for a few showers lasting into the evening hours, heading towards sundown. Mostly cloudy overnight, mid-50s, maybe a 60 at lacrosse. The northwest winds about 5 to 15. Mostly sunny Wednesday, a little break. A lot of us around 80, about 86 or so at lacrosse. The north winds at 5. But then Wednesday night into Thursday, a small chance of scattered showers, maybe an isolated storm, a lot of upper 70s, and a lot warmer in the west. The northeast winds at 5 to 10. Like I'm saying, Pam, with my fingers crossed from today into this evening, maybe some quarter and half inch amounts. We have to hope that, that holds together. Yeah, we really do, especially if you take a look at the latest drought monitors and even this week's crop crop, uh, crop ratings. Good enough. All right, Stu, we'll catch up with you tomorrow and see if we can compare some positive notes on rainfall. All right, sounds good. See you later. Stumach, our ag meteorologist with the weather details that you are looking for. And again, I'm looking for your weather details. Don't forget about our talk text line if you're getting some rain out there and you can actually measure it. We'd love to hear about it. Again, the talk text line, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. So far this morning, I heard from Kirby by La Crescent, just a little over a tenth of an inch of rain that they've picked up so far. Let me know about your situation. Coming up, uh, we'll talk about the latest situation with Wisconsin crops. It looks like the majors, corn, beans, wheat, alfalfa, everything, taking a quality step down 
in the past seven days time i've got the statistics and day of service yesterday for wisconsin ffa members our own nate zimdars tagged along this is the midwest farm report with pam Youngke. No producer wants to wake up to a sick animal, and I know firsthand. BioVet is your solution for healthier animals. A lot of care and a good dose of science goes into every formulation so you can minimize problems and keep your livestock out of the hospital pen. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. We get it. You need the most durable truck and a return on it, too. That's why Ewald Chevrolet Buick is your certified agriculture dealer. With your purchase, receive AgPack at no additional cost to you. A package of farm and ranch discounts with savings up to $30,000. Right now, finance a new 2023 Silverado TurboMax or select heavy-duty models for just 1.9%. Find new roads at EwaldChevroletBuick.com. On select models with approved credit, see dealer for details. Have a great time with family and friends at the entertainment environment in the golf suites at Vitens Golfland. Have fun while you watch the brewers in your private golf suite. Relax in comfortable chairs and at bar tables as you enjoy food and drink items from the Signature Hole Grill and Bar. Served by a friendly wait staff. Top Tracer is available in every bay of the golf suites. Modes like point games, played like darts, is an awesome game for any level of golfer, even new players. Watch, eat, practice, and play in the golf suites at Vitens Golfland. Legacy-exteriors.com. Legacy Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Email from school about the incident today. Scary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? No, but you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you're ever concerned about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is gonna tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. 
As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. We all get hit by the storms of life. I had noticed my legs were swelling, and we went to Maine Medical Hospital. And they said, oh, Mr. Conquest, can you get up for your MRI? And I remember pushing up off the bed, and I fell. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later, and I was paralyzed. It was a pretty low point to not be able to do the things that I love to do. PVA was there the first day. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments. The benefits they've earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. PVA has brought me back to life. I've fallen a few times and PVA is like, get up. We just keep getting up. To learn more, go to PVA.org today. Yeah, Adrian Griffin, though, uh, a, little, a couple comments from Adrian Griffin talking about becoming a head coach because this is his first time ever becoming a head coach. I saw a picture from the Milwaukee Bucks posted it yesterday. It was a throwback Thursday. Uh, Adrian Griffin, when he first started coaching, he was standing alongside of the young buck himself, Brandon Jennings, uh, in, in coaching him. They're saying life comes at you fast, and now he's the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, this is something I've prepared for my whole career. I, I believe, you know, my sister-in-law's, she always says preparation time is never wasted time. So, you know, my 15 years of coaching, my nine years of playing in the NBA, I've played with a, a lot of great players. Uh, I, I was coached by a lot of Hall of Fame players, and then I just listed the, the coaches that I've been under. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, my faith is very strong. My father was a minister, and he would always tell me to be faithful over the little things, and God rewards you with a lot more. And I feel like, you know, this has really came to life for me uh, on my journey. And again, it's, um, I believe in, you know, just the preparation that goes into sitting in this, this seat. And, and I was just so grateful that I had great mentors. Uh, you know, just too many to name. But I'm just uh, ex extremely um, appreciative of the path that I've taken. You know, everyone's path is different. But, you know, to wait 15 years for this job, it was worth it. Also, it would be nice to know that your uh, once-in-a-generational player who you coach now, Giannis Adenokounmpo, uh, was sat down with your GM and be like, I want this guy. Like, thank you, Giannis. I appreciate that. Uh, again, let's see, your Middleton Rowdy can opt into the player option. Brooke Lopez will be um, you know, also wondering what you're going to do with him. There's another guy that can get paid, right, in Brooke Lopez? That I mean, dude deserves some money. Coming off the year that he did... That's a pay raise for Brooke Lopez, but Brooke Lopez isn't getting any younger. No. And if you're Brooke Lopez, you're, you're signing that one more deal, and it's going to be a, an elevated type deal if you want the money because he has taken deals in the past. Yes, he has. And what? I could see him signing with his age probably like a three-year deal. He probably doesn't play much more than three years. And no. if he does, he's going to be just a shell of what he is. I mean, he was a monster last season. I mean, defensively, the dude was – and he's been able to adapt and change his game, too, as his career's going on. He's been great. Uh, but as, as long as you got Giannis Adenokounmpo, I think you'll be doing pretty good. Um, Adrian Griffin talks on, you know, meeting with Giannis as part of the inter – how'd you like this? All right, Adrian Griffin, part of the interview process is you got to sit down with Giannis Adenokounmpo. 
I want to give credit to uh, John and his staff because the environment and the platform that they gave me in the interview process really worked in my favor. Uh, again, I was able to get on the board um, multiple times. I was able to break down film and edit and kind of give my analysis. And then they allowed me to meet with different personnel uh, within the organization along with Giannis. But I can tell you, you know, I left the conversation in all. Uh, you're talking about a guy that is super passionate about uh, bringing another championship to the city of, of Milwaukee. He was very humble. Uh, he was very hungry. And those are the traits that we are looking for with our players. I had an opportunity to reach out to all the players. And that was the common theme from the players, that they are hungry. Right? And, they, and, you know, that's kind of going to be our model this year. You know, we're going to put in the work. We're not going to take anything for granted. And, you know, we're gearing up for April, May, and June. So they're going to put in the work, Rowdy, but gearing up for April, May, and June. Are we going to see a lot of load management coming up this season? <laughs> I mean, we've up for seen April, a lot May, of load June? management the last two years we from have. the Bucks. Look we at have. Chris Middleton. Look at uh, Giannis. I mean, you can go right on down the line. Yeah, That's also why NBA, one of the reasons why NBA ratings are kind of failing. Everyone knows that you can kind of look at some of the rosters and be like, well, the Bucks are going to be good. Yeah. Or back in the day, well, the Warriors are going to be pretty good. And you can go right on down that type of list and say, well, you know, this team's going to kick ass and they're going to win like 55 plus games out of this 82 game season. But there's probably going to be about, I don't know, eight to 10 nights where none of these guys are going to play. <laughs> yep. And that's where they're running into issues because who wants to go watch the Wisconsin herd play for the Milwaukee Bucks when you were hoping to see Giannis? Some of the herd's family members, maybe. That's about it. But how about the brand of basketball for the Bucks? Uh, one more from Adrian Griffin before we hit break. Uh, Adrian Griffin was you know, asked, how would he describe his brand of basketball that he brings to Milwaukee? I've been under a lot of great coaches. And you got, you kind of take the good and kind of make it your own. So, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate I have a large pool to pull from. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade. But isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Our man John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing, will be along with those details on what's happening at the Chicago Board of Trade. You've got to believe weather and crop progress notes are definitely going to be the headline. Stick around for that conversation. Glad you're along with us. I'm Pam Yonke. Yeah, 70% chance of rain in the forecast, most likely this morning. 65 are expected high. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 81. Thursday, partly sunny and 79. Friday, partly sunny, 80 degrees before we've got another chance of rain coming back around on Saturday. So today is the 13th day of June. 13th day of June. Let's see, on this day back in 2000, the leaders of South Korea and North Korea met in a historic summit. They called it the Sunshine Policy that was put together. It was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 2000, and it was basically uh, designed to try to help bring the two closer together. Is it still working today? I think many of us would question that, but they tried back in 2000 on this date. Also, happy birthdays going out today to actor-comedian Tim Allen. He is 70 years young. Also, actresses, twins, Ashley and Mary-Kate Olsen. They are 37 years young. And now you know.
Well, the 94th Wisconsin State FFA Convention officially convenes today at the Alliant Energy Center here in Madison. Yesterday was a day of service. The weather cooperated, and uh, community leaders were glad to see the blue and gold coming their way. Nate Zimdars was along for the ride, visiting with organizer Beth Reith. The FFA Day of Service takes place on the first day of the Wisconsin State FFA Convention. There are a number of opportunities for FFA members to participate, give back, and offer service in the Madison area. There are two off-site locations and one at the Alliant Energy Center where convention takes place. I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report, and I spoke with Beth Reith. She has been coordinating the Day of Service since its very beginning and can share where they started, where they are now, and where they will be going in the future. Well, back in 2008, I remember um, I had heard that the National FFA started a first day of service, and I thought to myself, I'm like, well, we can definitely do that here. So I reached out um, to the leaders here um, with the FFA in Wisconsin and said, I want to do this. Let's make it happen. Um, So that first year was interesting, trying to figure out how to bring it to our convention, how to fund it. and every year, and that year especially, I always get so nervous if we're going to have enough students to sign up or will they be interested in going, and I'm always overwhelmed by how many do sign up. So that's when we started. So our first one was in 2009 here in Madison. What kind of service opportunities have been presented to members over the years? We've had a lot of different sites over the years um, because Day of Service started just as an off-site project. Um, so we've gone to many nonprofits in the Madison area from um, Second Harvest to Salvation Army. We've gone out to um, Oakwood Community Center, which is like a retirement community. Um, a lot of different um food pantry kind of places that have um, have opportunities for members to help at. So really we go to anywhere that will let us come and help there um, because it's um, the biggest problem we have is that our kids work so hard that we're trying to find enough work for them to do. <laughs> so there's some places that, you know, we don't go to, but it's mostly just because they don't have enough work for us. So What has the feedback been like from the different organizations that have been supported in the past? They love us, honestly. Um, and I tell the kids before they go out, I'm like, I want the feedback to be that they love us. And they do. They um, want us to come back because the, the kids are so polite and respectful and they work so hard. Um, they're just a great group of kids. Every year we have great groups of kids that go out and want to help. And um, so the sites love us. They love getting us in because they get a, a ton of things done for their organization when we're there. Describe the three different organizations that you were working with this year. So the City of Madison Parks and the UW Arboretum are more of like the outside kind of um, mulching, weeding, planting, whatever kind of um, outdoor things. And we're always, you know, weather dependent for those. Um, And they had a beautiful day today. Um, So those we've had those kind of sites before and they really... Um, I think the students really enjoy that, especially those that have any background in horticulture with their um, either their SAE or their in-classroom instruction. So they really enjoy that. I know um, one of the advisors was super excited to get out to the UW Arboretum today. Um, so that's really good. And then the other site we were at today was the Goodman Community Center, and they do a, a wide range of um programming there. there. I believe there's a food pantry, but they have some summer programs for children. So one of the things I know that they help with um, at this time of year is that they help get those rooms ready for the kids. So they're um, sanitizing things for the new groups to come in and um, those kind of things. They also have a, um, I believe they have a, a culinary program where they teach, um, there's like high school kids learn how to cook and then they serve food there. So it's a really cool um, 
community center. So it's, it's a great, I really love sending kids out there because they think it's so neat. The on-site opportunity was different from years past. Can you tell us what that looked like? Sure. So this year, for the first time, we worked with a group called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And what they do is they build um, beds for children that do not have a bed. And I think the back of their T-shirt says um, something to the effect of, you know, no kid sleeps on the floor in this town. And um, so they provide these beds. They also do... um, where they try to have like drives for bedding to go along with the beds. Um, so it's a really cool project and we've never done it here. Um, and I was just blown away with the FFA members today. They worked so hard, like they always do, but they were so like watching them with all those hand tools and they were, <laughs> they were really working hard. Um, and I know it was just really, um, they worked so hard that we almost like ran out of work for them. They got the beds built so quickly and they're just, you know, even when it was time to be done, they're like, are you sure you don't need any more help? They're just, they're just great. These FFA members are just wonderful. Good FFA members doing good things to support a local community. That's exactly what FFA members have been doing and will continue to do going forward, according to Day of Service Coordinator Beth Reith. I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report. Excellent, Nate. Thank you. And if you want to see a few pictures from yesterday's day of service, Nate put them up on our fabulous Farm Babe Facebook page. Take a look. And of course, we will be at convention every day right up to the end on Thursday. So follow us every day. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are a little bit mixed. December corn right now down two at 547. November beans are up six at 1214. July wheat three cents lower, currently at 630 a bushel. Absolutely no change yesterday on barrel or black cheese prices or double A butter. Everybody's still keeping an eye on our latest crop progress report that showed corn, soybeans, our alfalfa, our wheat, everything deteriorated as far as quality because of the lack of moisture. Across the state, 66% of our corn crop called good to excellent. That's down six percentage points. Soybeans, 62% called good to excellent, down seven percentage points. The winter wheat, 66% called good to excellent, down 9% from last year. And for anybody looking at their second crop alfalfa regrowth, right now they say that about 65% of that regrowth is good to excellent, down 12 percentage points in just a week's time. So again, all emphasis, all eyes on the weather forecast and the possibility of rain. I'm going to guess that's exactly what we're going to talk about with our man John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He'll step to the microphone and join us with the latest next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ergonomic office chairs that fit different employee body shapes and sizes is smart business. This is Zach from Office Furniture Warehouse. The proper fit reduces stress and pain, keeping your workforce at the office and productive. Name brand office furniture with warehouse pricing allows us to create better workspaces for America's workforce. That's simply smart business. Visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue on the north side. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, 
visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Ergonomic office chairs that fit different employee body shapes and sizes is smart business. This is Zach from Office Furniture Warehouse. The proper fit reduces stress and pain, keeping your workforce at the office and productive. Name brand office furniture with warehouse pricing allows us to create better workspaces for America's workforce. That's simply smart business. Visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue on the north side. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. Over the past 15 years, Window World has donated more than $15 million to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. We have also supported the Veterans Airlift Command with over 120 flights. We have a strong belief in giving back and want to thank everyone who has chosen Window World for their home's renovation. When you go with Window World, you're doing a lot more than remodeling. Call us today. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, getting clarification from a lot of you regular rainfall reporters that you didn't pick up anything in your rain gauge. I feel your agony, that is for sure. I think that's where we're going to start this morning with our friend John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Uh, what did you see in this week's crop ratings, John? You talked about it last week. We sometimes get our eye very narrowed in on Wisconsin. But what about the eye states this week? Yeah, we continue to see ratings fall, not as aggressively as they were the week before. You know, there was some moisture that moved through, but obviously not the level that the, the producers were counting on or maybe even the market was counting on. We saw that strength yesterday. Corn did move down to 61% good to excellent. That was down from 64% a week ago. But again, watching those I states, Illinois stabilized a little bit. Southern Illinois did pick up some, you know, some measurable rain. Again, still not where we needed to be, but there's 48% good to excellent. Indiana dropped another 7% down to 55. Iowa down 2% to 70. You know, so it seems to be holding fairly well, at least in the Iowa, because of some of the rains that did come through the southern parts of the state. You know, the big area that's really staying as a focus is Ohio and Michigan. You know, Michigan's down to 38% in terms of quality corn. Another 8% drop and. Unfortunately, this system is sitting right on top of them, and the water's all spinning around that state right now. So talking to some Michigan people, there's a lot of concerns there. You know, But obviously, everywhere across the Midwest, we, we need to see some, some moisture start falling in measurable amounts, or it's going to start to get to that interesting window here as that crop just continues to grow and doesn't have the water it needs. Yeah, and hopefully it does continue to grow. That's going to be the other issue. Again, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend along with us. Let's pivot a little bit, John, and part of the reason I say this is uh, we're seeing a lot of folks that are heading towards the grill, uh, trying to decide what protein they might want to put on it. Uh, You said that uh, beef is getting attention for kind of all the wrong reasons, huh? Well, obviously, the beef market, we've talked about it multiple times in the past here. We're just missing the cattle. We're missing the high-quality cattle. Demand still stays fairly good, and and it seems like the U.S. consumer, at least at this time frame, hasn't seen the sticker shock. And we saw choice carcasses just continue to explode higher last week. We were up $23 on choice carcasses last week. We're trading well over $330. Picked up another $4.50 in yesterday's trade as we just have uh, the industry looking for quality beef and the supply 
supplies aren't there. I mean, we're back. We're talking highs here. They're starting to look point towards where we were during the COVID situation, and that was just due to the lack of some meat in the in the whole chain. And this, you know, case here too is just these cattle numbers just aren't there. And again, the demand is still looking for the beef at this time frame. You know, just a little side story. I was at my local Sam's Club over the weekend. I know it was Sunday afternoon, and all the weekend shopping was done. But that meat case for both beef and pork was dead empty. I actually took a picture of it, shared it with my colleagues just to say, hmm, apparently we have a little bit of meat demand out there. And uh, we're starting to see that reflect, obviously, in the cash prices producers have been receiving. Well, and that's good, so long as the producers are ultimately seeing a little bit of a bump up. But like you said, uh, make no assumptions on what you're going to find in the grocery store. Again, John Heimberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, along with us, their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. If you want to talk to them, call them 800-334-9779. Another important meeting last week was a World Ag Supply Demand Report, John. This week, we've got a meeting of the feds. Which one do you want to try to dissect or represent for us first? I'll give you a quick 10 seconds on the supply-demand report. That basically was what we thought it was going to be, pretty much uh, just a continuation concern regarding demand, a little tighter supply. really was within line with what the market was anticipating. We got those numbers out of the way fairly quickly, and the market jumped right back to the weather market, and that's what we're dealing with right now. You know, But the trend is still there, and that's still something that keeps me cautious. We could still lose a lot of bushels in terms of this corn crop. Probably six to eight bushels per acre could come off this crop with the way the USDA state the demand and still have a very large carryout. So that's something that producers need to keep in mind here is as prices rally higher that don't forget about protecting things, even if you're concerned about your bushels. You know, maybe don't you get the crop you need, but boy, look at some put strategies here because the world supply is growing thanks to that Brazilian crop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Fed then. Uh, Boy, this has been speculated and speculated. It's going one way one day and the other direction the next. What do you see coming out of this uh, conversation and what should we be aware of? No, first off, Wednesdays also we, we get the inflation data for last month. So we're going to be curious to see what happens there. Obviously, we've seen a rally in, in some of the grain commodity prices. Beef and you know pork prices have continued to climb. Crude oil has been a little bit softer. So it's really curious to see what that inflation index is going to show us. That's still going to be the driver for what the Fed does. Now, the market's anticipating nothing in terms of a Fed decision this time. They're going to be in a hold or a pause pattern. But it's, again, it's still going to come down to what they say and not so much what they do are they going to continue to stress that they've got to raise interest rates we need to keep inflation in check the economy still seems to be running hot we saw that with the last jobs report you know so that's going to be a key part of this thing here overall so wednesday might be a fairly volatile day into thursday depending on what is said in that meeting over the actions that are in the market's pretty much priced in a nothing action this time around uh, at least in terms of the equity market so we'll have to see how things come out yeah because that jobs report really was a surprise to everybody correct? Yes, it was. You know, again, we've seen the raise, the, the raise in wages as well as just the job creation. And, you know, and unfortunately, one of the goals of the Fed right now is to slow the economy down. And that, what, that jobs area is where we want to see some decreases. And, you know, people unfortunately get moved to the sidelines and slowing the growth. And uh, we're not seeing that here. So the economy is just chugging along a little bit at this time frame. So it kind of puts them in a bit of a spot in terms of how to control those inflationary prices. Yeah, but record credit card debt, too. Yeah, again, the U.S. consumer, and that's some of the thing that's helping the beef market is the fact the consumer got enjoying those products and still willing to pay up for it. Unfortunately, they put it on the credit card, you know, because the money's not there to, because of the higher prices, but they're still finding a way to cover those costs. Uh, again, somewhere in the window here, that cycle is going to turn maybe fairly ugly. 
John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend with us again. TotalFarmMarketing.com or call them 800-334-9779. John, I want to toss you a curveball here. It's an issue that's been discussed but not taken seriously, and I'm wondering your perspective. Mexico is still continuing to kind of hang us out there on what their path in the future is going to be regarding genetically modified organisms, GMOs. That means... uh, specifically things like corn, soybeans, number one market for our U.S. farmers. Have you heard anything? Has any more discussion been had? Anybody trying to work on resolution here, or are we just sitting on a bubble? Well, it did just come out this week, and this was mainly on the white corn that we ship there. It's not not so much for the regular number two yellow corn that we mainly raise here, which Mexico is going to allow in for animal feed, so that still keeps that market open. But we did just have some action this week where the United States and Canada joined in and, and, and filing some, uh, basically some grievance and trade versus Mexico, so we'll see how that all kind of shakes out. But again, that's only tied to the white corn uh, in terms of human consumption. Uh, so again, there's still some talk out there at least at this time frame in terms of corn demand, you know, that they are taking U.S. corn in, again, for the animal feed purposes, which is the number one supply in that market. You know, only biggest concern I have is that Brazil is down south of us, very, very cheap. We had cancellations a couple of weeks ago, hidden in the sidelines from Mexico, canceling U.S. corn purchases, and I guarantee you they moved those purchases to that cheaper Brazilian corn. Do we have any conversations or, we, or any conversations on the books regarding this kind of a GMO final decision? Uh, not at this stage. Again, we're just kind of got into the preliminary stage where some of the actions put in place. You know, again, this was a big buzz a few a few months back when they talked about just get rid of U.S. corn totally. But they did kind of come around and open it up, at least for the feed side, for that U.S. number two corn, the typical corn that we raise across the countryside. Okay, developing story. We'll have to keep up to speed on. Well, I wish you best of luck. Finally, my man, John, taking a much-deserved vacation. So I hope the cell signal drops dead wherever you're going so you can enjoy it. Sounds like it's going to be pretty quiet up there, and I hope the walleye are biting. (laughs) Boy, all right. We'll catch up with you in a couple weeks, John. Enjoy it, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Have a good couple weeks. All right. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He will be available to you until he leaves, though. You can find him online at TotalFarmMarketing.com. Also, email him, John H. at TotalFarmMarketing.com, or give him a call, 800-334-9779. Have a great Tuesday. This is the Midwest Farm Report.